Hello everybody and welcome to the Kane and Rince Podcast, Volume 7, Issue 308, Tenchu, Stealth Assassins. You can play along with the show in the next five games we'll be covering is Yoshi's Woolly World, Bioshock Infinite, the long-awaited Bioshock Infinite show that, uh, Actual Sunlight, Rampage, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis, or if you live in other territories, Biohazard 3, Last Escape. For even more upcoming shows, along with features and reviews, etc., please head over to canerince.com. Become a Patreon subscriber and get the show a whole week earlier than non-subscribers for just $1 or 72p or 81 euros. And depending on how the fluctuation of those currencies, <laughs> which seems to be all over the place, it may be more expensive or cheaper given a week's time. So do it now. If you would like a t-shirt or some rather cool merchandise, I've got a very snazzy bag. You can head over to shop.spreadshot.co.uk forward slash cane and rinse. We have PayPal and Amazon buttons that you can click through and gift us some money that way. Uh, and remember, if you haven't checked out Sound of Play, please do so. It's our sister podcast where we talk about gaming music and it's really rather very good. Subscribe, review and rate us and all the different platforms out there. And there are many. Uh, and remember, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and give us a like or a retweet or a what do you do on Instagram, guys? Anything? Um, I don't know. Uh, a smile. A regram. A regram. <laughs> so, joining me on this issue, we have Darren Gargett. I am a ninja. And James Carter. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that's something from the game, but okay. No, no, no. Anyway. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're going to be talking about Tenchu Stealth Assassins and uh, a little bit of background on the game to, to kick us off. So, developed by Acquire Corp, who are surprisingly still going today, which actually does surprise me because how many <laughs> developers from yeah. um, the uh, 90s are certainly not going now? Um, and Tenchu was their debut game. Uh, I believe it had something to do with uh, Sony Music Entertainment at that point um, taking an interest in the game and picking up in kind of like an early development stage and funding it along to obviously be on their platform uh, they went on to do obviously Tenchu 2 uh, Birth of the Stealth Assassins in 2000 uh, followed up uh, with Tenchu Shadow Assassins on the Wii in 2009, uh, they've done uh, many other games, and one of the major ones they've done, which people probably would have heard of, is Way of the Samurai series. And more recently, the indie hit, Rain. Uh, they've also done a lot of games I have no idea of, uh, looking through their back <laughs> catalogue. A lot of stuff that's never made it out of Japan, sadly. Uh, the publisher was Activision. Uh, the creative director was Takamu Endo, who was also involved in the development of Tenchu 2 and Way of the Samurai. The producer was Masamai Yamamoto, who were, who's done you know, or involved in Bloodborne and the Tomorrow's Children of recent times. And the artist was Koshi Nangasani, uh, who would go on to direct Resident Evil 7, that little known game. So uh, yeah, he'd certainly moved on to bigger and maybe better things. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, the producer, uh, actually, because this was a joint production with uh, Sony, uh, as you said, music entertainment, um, the producer was actually from Sony, so has been involved in yeah. a lot of Sony many, titles, many like products. Uncharted and stuff as well. Uh, so loads of different stuff. Um, but yeah, 
Bloodborne feels oddly relevant in some ways to the Tenchu series. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, there's three versions of Tenchu, of which Japanese, uh, two are Japanese exclusive. So we had the initial Japanese release on February the 26th, 1998. So almost exactly 20 years to the day, uh, by a couple of days of recording here. Um, followed by the US-EU release on August 31st, 1998, with the added title of Stealth Assassins, which included two new levels, with every level now having three layouts compared to the original's one. New boss encounters, uh, unbelievably uh, improved draw distance, a new new in-game map, plus a new 180-degree somersault move. What was that, the draw distance like on that original? I, I will Just get into that, but yes. Black, black <laughs> map. Um, the US release then made its way back to Japan on February the 24th, 1999, retitled as Tenchu Shinobi Geisen, with all those added updates, plus an extra edition of a mission editor, which would have been pretty cool back in 1999. Um, and then to round things off, Tenchu Shinobi Heikensen was released on November 11th, 1999, which was a standalone expansion, expansion pack, which was Japanese only, uh, based on the levels created by the users of Shinobi Geisen. It's like a I think it was a hundred levels, basically the best of. They would you'd have to send your uh, your levels into um, Acquire Corp, uh, and they would approve them, and then they ended up on the the disc, which you know, that's a pretty neat thing for for yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Anyway, I mean that's that's quite cool. But like I say, it never made its way across to our ponds. So the reviews were pretty damn good actually around the time. Um, over on Game Rankings. Uh, it sits around an 84%, and that's quite a few, quite a number of views. Uh, if you kind of trawl through there, IGN gave it a, a 9 out of 10, etc. So, certainly highly ranked at the time. Uh, sales, pretty hard to come by. Uh, all I could find was there was confirmed Japanese sales of 250,000, but obviously that's not taken in uh, account of any European or American sales, or probably across all the versions there. So, not sure. Um, it feels like it was a fairly big deal at the time um if i can remember back 20 years ago so you know let's just pick a number out of that i'm sure there's a there's a few more on top of that uh tenchu as a series ran from pretty much 1998 to 2009 Mm. with nine games bearing its name um we'll only be covering stealth assassins today but if you're interested there was tension 2 Birth of the Assassins on the PS1, that was released in 2000. There was Tenchu Wrath of Heaven on the PS2, Xbox and PSP in 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Tenchu Fatal Shadows on PS2, PSP in 2005. Tenchu Time of the Assassins, a PSP exclusive in 2006. Then followed by Dark Secret on the Nintendo DS in 2006. Um, of more recent time, more recent platforms, Tenchu Z on the Xbox 360. And then Shadow Assault Tenchu on the 360 as well, which uh, was a XBLA game. And from having looked at a few screenshots, etc., it looks like a 2000, kind of like a, a Bomberman style game. <laughs> Rather odd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. not sure how that plays, but that's there. And the final release was Tenchu Shadow Assassins on the Wii and the PSP, and that was 2009. So there's been a... Oh, a fairly big gap between the the last title and uh, current times, and uh, a weird one because it's it's gone around different um, 
developers and different uh, publishing studios. It, it went over to Sega at one point and then moved across. And of all people now, and it may be one of the reasons why uh, it, it may have made it over the show here, was uh, from software. Uh, now own the license apparently so uh, there was a few yeah a few weeks a few weeks three months ago there was a, a little talk about maybe the series was going to come back in a, mm-hmm. a guise of of a uh, of a dark souls well maybe well, the the teased from software Teased. game at the moment is uh, a game that has the moniker it's not really titled uh shadows die twice uh which Nothing about that teaser, which was about five seconds long, suggested anything <laughs> to do with ninjas. But obviously, you utter a word like shadows, and um, yeah, Tenchu comes to mind. Uh, round of applause for not going for Dawn of the Assassins or Rise of the Assassins, or you know, if it, if mm. it were, they were still around, you know, five years ago, they would absolutely have been going for those titles. But uh, round of applause for not falling into that trap. Yeah, so for a bit of context, let's talk about what uh, other stealth games were available around the time of what we're talking here, so 1998. Um, although stealth gameplay had appeared in previous games, like I don't know, Castle of Wolfenstein in, in 81, uh, which we, we did in for, Volume 4, Issue 152, plus a quick rinse if people are interested. Saboteur in 85, Metal Gear on the MSX2 uh, in 87. Also covered that in volume, oh, way back in volume <laughs> one, issue 23, yeah. plus a quick rinse by Josh, of all people. Um, or even Goldeneye in 1997, which we'll talk about this, why that's relevant, um, which obviously we did a show in volume four, issue 202, and a quick rinse. Um, but 1998 is seen by many as the turning point of the genre with a move to a more kind of pure stealth-focused releases of Tenchu. I mean, this was a year that... Um, it's, it's typical, isn't it? It's buses. Like, you, you don't get any pure stealth mm. games. And then Tenchu comes along in, in the August of that year, followed by Metro Gear Solid in the mm. September. And then uh, many people will also be aware of the Thief games. But Thief, the Dark Project, starts its life in December that year as well. All of which took advantage of the arrival of the new, more powerful machines, pushing you know, 3D polygonal graphics rather than a lot of the top-down isometric stuff we had, which we had been used to. Um, it's an interesting one as well because, you know, I, I put this out to the team um uh, you know, could could people remember a, a 3D stealth game before Tenchu? Because it, you know, I I remember absolutely, you know, loving Tenchu for the fact it was a, a 3D stealth game back in '98. Mm. But I I would have been surprised that was the first one. Yeah, I think we're all racking our brains. I think you know, if we're talking pure, it, it concentrated on just stealth itself. It seems like that is actually the first one. So the reason I bring up GoldenEye is like there's definitely areas of GoldenEye where you stealthily work your way through levels. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just you know, blast everyone. You you know, you come out that top of that 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 um, vent in in Goldeneye and take the guy guy yeah. down at the very start. There we go. That's stealthy. And obviously, there has been lots of 3D games prior to this with elements of stealth. But I'm, pure stealth? Anybody? Anyone got anything before Tenchi? No, not really. I've no. I've been, there, there probably is something that we're missing. Like you know, there's always some game somewhere that's probably depicted as stealth before this but as far as i'm concerned this is the first stealth game i've ever played yeah yeah even i mean we mentioned uh the original metal gears there um you could be stealthy but actually if you were quick on the trigger there was no need to be stealthy um Mm. uh, absolutely not you could play that um you know as as not running gun but you know you could certainly play it as an action game um castle wolfenstein's one where it's probably you're forced into stealth because it's so 
punishing. It's so easy to die, you know, uh, one hit kill. Um, but it's tough to think of that as a stealth game because the perspective is so different and therefore is it a stealth game or is it just a particularly mm, tough action game? You know, it's it, it, you, you get into semantic arguments whereas there's no doubt Tenchu set itself out as something different. It absolutely set its stall out to say, you know, part of the HUD is making sure you know whether you've been spotted or not. My intro where I just said what over and over again will be very familiar to anyone who's rolling in and out of an enemy's range and and hearing mm-hmm. the what come up just to let them know that they've been, you know, not spotted, but th- there's an enemy aware of them. Um, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't think of anything. Um, yeah, it certainly, it certainly gets a little bit muddled with Metal Gear being so close to its release. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's tough to say that this would have had any influence on Metal Gear. Oh, no, I, I mean, I absolutely don't think it would have done because obviously the games are so close yeah, together. Yeah. And, you know, they are quite different in style. Um, but yeah. they both have very similar elements of stealth to them, um, even if they handle it in a slightly different way. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's fair. But yeah, there's a 3D um, political game. I'm pretty sure Tenchu feels like it was the first or and i wrongly i assumed that was thief so (laughs) (laughs) obviously by a few months so um what's our histories with with this game like i said i i played it i don't i don't think it's one i picked up at launch well actually no i know it's not one i picked up launch i played this game um around my friend alex's house um i believe he had a uh I think he had an American copy where he'd come back from America and we we played it just because of that. So I remember the art style or the art of the cover being very different and the the, uh, the box. Um, and, you know, along with uh, a copy of Metal Gear and that didn't help it any <laughs> because <laughs> they were side by side and obviously Metal yeah. Gear is, is, you know, it's pretty much a masterpiece and still is a masterpiece in my opinion anyway. Um, but Tenchu, obviously, it's a lot more violent, a lot more graphic, and um, that that certainly had an appeal. So when Metal Gear was being put down with this you know, early copy, we would manage to get in. Um, we were quite obsessed with Tenchu for a, for a good while, you know, sitting on the couch and just playing it together. With, uh, you know, around around the right age, I guess. Yeah, I would have been eighteen, so eighteen, nineteen. I would have been legally allowed to play it. Um, but yeah, maturity wise, it was it was definitely a step up in, in violence from uh, a lot of games at the time. So I think that's probably what drew me in. Um, but uh, it was uh, it it did feel relatively unique that that whole you know stealth the old stealth idea and, and along with um, Metal Gear Solid at that time, I if, I felt like oh okay this is where we're heading in the industry. We have more ability to you know more variation in our game design and uh, you know wow what what brilliant time. Um, how about you, James? Uh, so I I have vague memories of playing this, and I know it must have been 1999 because that's when I went to university, um, and I would have been 17 at the time. Uh, so legally allowed to play it, not legally allowed to buy it. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, uh, so I I know I did play it then, but I honestly couldn't tell you uh, if I completed it then. I certainly remember. Um, I guess the main antagonist in in the game, really the one you face the most. I certainly remember him. Um, I remember some of the opening levels and kind of the story set up a little bit. Um, but I'd forgotten just how. I mean, cards on the table, just how clunky this thing is to play now. Um, 
so so this past couple of weeks I picked up a copy from uh from CEX uh for like three pounds fifty, so somewhere around the four euro under five dollar mark. So not much at all. Uh and uh promptly decided to play it emulated instead just because I couldn't get to my PS2 to hook it up and um, <laughs> and and play it that way. So I thought, you know what, I'll play it emulated, which meant I had even more fun with the controls because I was using a um, an X-Input uh, Logitech controller for PC plugged into the RetroPie, which meant the buttons were all the wrong way around. So uh, I had to yeah. try and kind of rewire myself to be able to play it i recently had that uh, difficulty with 1080 (laughs) (laughs) so it's a messy thing but sometimes you need to do it Uh, yeah i mean i have to say i've gone back i gone back to the game uh over the last couple of weeks for the for the show and yes i think going back to it i no i didn't complete it i don't remember the end the end of that game at all um i remember a lot of the stuff at the start, mm, yeah. but very little As from the end. Always so the way, yeah. I, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna guess that I I never got to the end. Uh, that boss seemed new, um, and yeah, I've gone back and played. You know, Jay of this very parish sent me uh, his copy down to play. I've been playing it on the the PS3. His back combat on the PS3, uh, just with a with a standard con- controller. So yeah, no no problems control wise uh, or control input wise there. Maybe control wise is the game <laughs> in it now, but. Uh, yes, so I've gone back and, and played through the entire game for for this show uh, in you know, 20 years down the line, but I'm pretty sure I didn't complete it back then. Um, how about yourself, Darren? Yeah, so um, I remember playing this a lot in the shop that I worked in. Um, mm, the legendary it, shop. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's, it's so... It's so influential in my life. Like you could just pick up any game and play it, and with the art cover being so kind of striking, you know, the Ricky Maru's face in the red mm-hmm. banner and like black borders either side, you know, indicating ninjas basically, and the 18 BBFC logo in the corner. And I was 15 at the time. I was definitely going to play this game and see <laughs> what was going on. Like there is no way because just curiosity. Um, and I remember the. the I seem to remember having the, the Japanese version of Metal Gear Solid around this time as well. I'm, I'm, it's really confusing, but I remember there being a lot of stealth uh, in in a short space of time, and I wasn't really too sure, you know, which one I preferred at the time because they're, they're so they're so different, but they you know they offer similar gameplay styles. But there was just something about Tenchu's vibe that I really mm. really enjoyed, and I kept coming back to it with my. Um, well, he's not, I don't know. He's not a friend anymore, but but yeah, he's not. He's not not a friend, but he's someone that I used to hang around with a lot ages ago called Ricky, and he was. He he loved this game so much because it again it had had excellent music and it had a really funky vibe and like nothing I'd ever really seen before. But like the the Japanese aesthetic to me never really came through in video game form until Tenchu, and it's just that intro music and you know the woman singing and just, ah. The whole aesthetic to that game really struck a chord with me in in a way that has never happened before, and um, yeah, and and for the last twenty years, I've just been thinking about Tenchu off and on, going, I really, I really love, honestly, I really love Tenchu, I really love it, and then I saw it come up for this volume, and I was like, yes, I'm on this one, I'm going to replay it, and it, it, it turns out that. I'd actually got confused with um, Wrath of Heaven on the Xbox, and that, that, <laughs> my, my memory's been playing tricks on me because. Going back to this game in 2018, you know, we'll probably talk about it, but again, cards on the table. It's just, it's a bit crusty now and it's a bit of a shame. But um, I, I, I finished, well, me and, me and Ricky finished it on PS1 because I remember that 
boss fight, if you want to call it that. Um, and then I've I've ran I literally ran through it in the last couple maybe three weeks. I I because I know the level so well because we played it to death when we were uh, teenagers. Like I I kind of knew where to go, and it's kind of obvious where to go because the you know the level tells you pretty much. Here's a giant picture of a ship. Oh, I guess I'm going there then. You know, you can mm-hmm. kind of work it out. Yeah. Uh, and I just ran through the levels just for nostalgic purposes. And you know, if I got if I got caught short this time round, I just did the cheat code for extra health and just carried on playing the game. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't in any. I wasn't in the. You weren't mood. a grandmaster, no. 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 I, no. In the first level, yes. <laughs> in any level post the, post the first one in this recent playthrough, absolute ninja dog. Um, but you know, it was, it was good to see it all through again in 2018, and um, yeah, and, and realise that your mind's been playing tricks on you. So mm. Mm. I think the, I think the lowest rug is f- a thug. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, thug, thug. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but people died and bosses <laughs> got killed. So what does it matter if I fucked my way for some levels? Um, actually, you reminded me uh, talking about history pass and sitting on the on the same sofa playing a bunch of games. The other game I was playing at the same time as this was a siphon filter. Yeah. Um, Another game which I'm sure, if we go, if we went back to now, would probably have its own control issues and look that would probably, yeah, yeah, it would have its issues, I'm sure. But yeah, not necessarily a stealthy game. It had stealth elements in it. But, yeah, um, like, like Goldeneye, you could kind of play it more yeah. stealthily and you didn't want to catch enemies kind of off guard. Well, that's yeah. certainly in my mind. So, um, a little bit a setup for the, the story uh, and the scenario and just, yeah, just to get us in the mood for uh, where we're going to jump off from. So, it's 16th century Japan and you are one of two ninjas employed by Lord Gorda, a compassionate samurai lord. As I, now this is where I'm going to get the names, or is it Rikimu? Uh, R- Rikimaru, yep. Yeah, I'd yep. say Rikimaru. Rikimaru and Ayame? Yep. I'm pretty sure that's what they say in the game. Mm-hmm. So Rikimu or AME, you must proceed through your assigned quests, dispatching unsavoury folk in your lord's domain. As the game progresses, you'll come face to face with greater threats from Tenju goblins to Oni demons. Mm. Um, a full 3D, a full 3D game similar to style to the platformer of Tomb Raider. Tenju focuses on stealth and attacking unseen over straight action. Not being spotted leads to higher scores and better equipment to aid you in the tasks. You can creep about and hug walls, use grappling hooks, disguise as the enemy, or even kill with poison rice cakes. Scenery for the time was pretty diverse, from Japanese castles to mountain retreats, each with their own type of opponents and soundtrack. In-game engine cutscenes would push, push the story forward which varied slightly from each of the two ninjas. And I have to say, the story actually doesn't really change a great deal. There's a little bit more attitude between uh, the two characters, but it, it's a nice to put a little bit of work in, into the cutscenes if you play either yeah. boy or girl. Um, but yeah, n- nothing major. So we'll kick off with a post from Andy CT from the forum. Uh, he's a new poster, so thank you very much, Andy. The original Tenchu is a game that holds a great number of memories for me for a combination of the game itself and some of the social memories that, I've tr- that I have tied to playing it. In all honesty, I don't recall which member of our group of friends actually owned a copy of the original Tenchu that passed through all our collective hands during the year of its release, but the game did spend an extended period of time in the PlayStation in my long-suffering parents' house with a group of anything between three or eight of my friends, all sofa-destroying, snack-devouring 13 to 15-year-olds. Nice and legal there. Uh, Like I say, he could play it, just not buy it. (laughs) 
While I don't recall when exactly one of us obtained a copy of Tenchu, it soon became a group favourite to play collectively, taking turns in missions in attempts to get the perfect master ninja rating and unlock new tools and abilities for the following levels, while spectators watched for guards and gave largely unhelpful combat advice. I have very strong and fond memories of it. Of the early levels, especially the first, where you're tasked with punishing the evil merchant, which we may or may not have played on a demo disc prior to getting our hands on the full game. I, did, I do not remember a demo disc for this, but I'm sure it must have existed. Um, mm-hmm. It did. I remember did, there being yeah. a demo disc. Uh, again, it's all very hazy, but I remember there being a demo disc around the Metal Gear time, and then this came out. Uh, sorry, the, the Metal Gear Japanese release, because... Um, we had a friend who imported a lot of games from Japan because he had family over there. Um, and yeah, it's all very hazy, but there, there was a demo for Tenchu and we it was it was, it was the first level. I mean, obviously, because okay. it's the best level in my opinion. But um, yeah, it was kind of, this demo was played um, a fair bit and then Metal Gear came out or the Metal Gear demo came out. I can't remember, but yeah, there's a lot of demos and full releases kicking around there is because yeah that's early in front of magazines we used to always buy uh, magazines yeah back in the days of yeah. how many playstation magazines would there have been around at this point well mm-hmm. and not only that the you know, game's not hitting our shores for months and months and months yeah, yeah. between the yeah. uh, us or japanese releases was a yeah a, a demo disc was a sacred item <laughs> <laughs> it's like i get to play the game while well, everyone else gets to play the game anyway the, uh on to the, the, the this mission in particular took a life on its own as we compete for the fastest time, best ranking and most stealth skills before moving on to the meta challenges of taunting guards into chasing us before disappearing up onto the rooftops by grappling hook in the type of uh, in the type of gameplay that these days you capture and share clips of. But at the time, we'd just make sure that all of the people you'd shared the moment with were there to see it firsthand. Needless to say, it wasn't long before the local evil merchant had no chance to survive, regardless of who was playing. And regardless of what stupid self-imposed rules we'd be given to ourselves, resulting in an unfathomable gallons of arterial spray splattering onto the ornate flooring of feudal Japan, triggering the incredible, awful, but we loved it, voice acting of my, 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 money, which remains to this day within my group of friends at least the first phrase which is to be uttered to one another to signal a crippling hangover or a night which has ruined one of us physically emotionally or even financially your, your impression was actually better than the games of course. <laughs> yeah so, hands well, down. Well done. Mm-hmm. I'm, we'll I'm, cl- I'm clipping that out of the show and i'm just going to pl- play that whenever i <laughs> this level it's it's a pretty memorable line to be fair mm-hmm. it is uh, yeah. it's one of the first ones you come across you're like okay it set it sets the standard pretty high <laughs> especially right if it's in a demo as well it means that it probably got played over you know hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of times even for people who didn't ever play the rest of the game um i would say let's talk about the story but the story is pretty loose I'm, uh yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've played this game so many times and I get to like level two and I just think, what's what's going on? Like, I, yeah. I don't really know what's going on. And, you know, you know, again, Metal Gear Solid was coming out around the same time. And that's kind of, you get lost in Metal Gear story for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But to, for this one, the Tenchu story is just so, to me, is so incoherent i just don't know what's going on and why oh, it's yeah. it's something to hang levels around isn't it it's yeah. it's there um and i yeah like you were saying earlier um darren i think 
there is a sense of um, culture to the story. Yeah, you, know, you, you feel like you're you're you are. You know, certainly, maybe in, in ninety eight, you, you feel a bit a bit more like you are. You know, taken apart in in Japan. You know, um, I'm going to read. There's ten levels in this game, and I'm going to read the level names because I think that will give you pretty much the entirety of this story to hang from. So the levels are: punish the evil merchant, deliver the secret message, rescue the captive ninja, uh, cross the checkpoint. Execute the corrupt minister, uh, infiltrate the Manjin cult, destroy the foreign pirate, cure the princess, reclaim the castle, and free the princess. Uh, so, I, I think that tells you everything because those think, yeah. are mission titles, but actually, that's just like four or five word descriptions of the mission goal. Mm-hmm. And it, it literally, like, any threads of a story here are pretty much all given to you in the the between-mission voiceover um, with the scrolling Japanese text on screen. And, and ultimately what it comes down to is here's a series of barely connected missions um, and you are a ninja that's bouncing around between them and the only thing to really tie them together is a, one recurrent enemy and that Lord Goda has mentioned a bunch of times kind of it isn't it i mean destroy the foreign pirate i mean that's just such a great title for a level (laughs) come on come on it's so out of place as well because you've got all these like you know capture a ninja and send a message and destroy this person and there's like yeah destroy a pirate and you're like um sure yeah let's we'll run to a giant ship in the in the level over there like (laughs) and again i'm sure it makes some sort of sense if you you know if you're into the story but again i've tried playing it through well i played through it you know cheating in, in 2018 and again I just kind of lose interest in the story. Um, as much as I, uh, as much as I like to, you know, look at the cutscenes, I'm not really listening to what they're saying because it's just, it's just so poorly done. I think what it what it hangs around is, um, you know, the good of the ninja clan. You know, it's you know believing in the purity of society, and you know when corrupt politicians. Uh, harm in society then the ninjas go and do what the ninjas need to do to uh, make society a better place and if you just listen to those um, you know 10 levels there you know you can get the idea of where the ninja goes to make the world a better place mm. um, of, of course it's a little bit more I, complex I, to that but... I think the the frustrating thing is that um, fleshed out this story is is not uh, by any stretch of the imagination um wildly inventive or anything but it it tells a story of 16th century japan when japan is opening itself up to the world again which is the destroy the foreign pirate mission Uh, the kind of precursor to that is they're they're now starting to trade with foreign uh, countries again and that's allowing pirates to come into the country and to uh, start to illegally trade um and there's this notion that you are a ninja working for a, a a decent uh, samurai, a decent man, um, and that there are a group of demons who are starting to try and influence Japan at mm-hmm. this kind of time of change. Now, the fact that I've had to lose a lot of kind of conjecture to tie all that together probably tells you uh, all you need to know about not the story that was there, but the ability to deliver that story coherently in the game. It does feel like a series of kind of barely connected missions um when you're playing it but 
if this game was done now, it would be this sort of grand tale of, and it's not going to be the the last time I mention uh, Neo last year, was about this sort of thing. It was about uh, demonic forces in Japan and you having to, uh, as as an outsider in that case, but as as a um, as a warrior coming in to try and help fight those forces back. And it, it, even then, in Neo, the story wasn't any great shakes by any stretch of the imagination but it was there and told and it gave you the atmosphere and I think this game does that in the way it's presented technically but maybe the story just kind of fell flat by virtue of the game's age I don't know if that's fair or not but yeah well I I think um, the next point I want to move on to um, and I think this is something that will continue throughout the entirety of the discussion on this game um, and is one getting out of the way first because I'm going to come back to this many many times is the technical performance of this game it was a PS1 game and it was you know the the PlayStation 1 had been out for a, a few years before this game hit but it was, you know, fairly early on in kind of 3D political you know, development. Um, and it's got some rough edges now, you know, 20 years down the line. You know, we've talked about plenty of older games and plenty of newer older games on the show. And sometimes we're pleasantly surprised. I think, you know, of, of recent time, we went back and played um, 1080 and was actually relatively surprised how well that game held up uh, that many years back down the line. Um, and... This is one of those games that, unfortunately, from a technical standpoint, it has really suffered. Um, the, the age of time has caught up onto it. What I want to try to get through today is whether that excuses some of um, the limitations in its story or limitations in the gameplay, or you know, from a, a, uh, looking at it from a 20 years period point of view, or were those limitations, you know, very present back then? You know, uh, you know the story. We've had plenty of good stories um, before the PlayStation One came along. Even you know, um, so I think yeah, it's easy to give it a pass. Saying well, technically, yes, it's twenty years old, and the PlayStation One was only so powerful. But story-wise, you know, it could have done a lot better job of making it a coherent game to play through. You know, we yep. will keep coming back to Metal Gear, I know, just because it's so close and so similar in, in you know, in, in stealth style, I guess. Um, you know, that had a, you know, you know, some might say convoluted story, but <laughs> at least it had a story worth telling. Um, and this one really does feel like it's just, you know, bit part story. Well, I mean, when you go back and, and you you kind of research and development this game it, it seems like this started out as a science fiction game which then got turned into this uh, feudal japan game um you know, you know relatively kind of mid-development so you know they had time to work on it but it, it does feel like um elements of levels are just you know hung there and the story is kind of just get you from a to b mm. um that's not going to excuse though um some of the voice acting <laughs> that exists in this game yeah. and i'm um, I, once again, I don't want to do it a disservice because 98, you know, voice acting in game games isn't a particularly uh, highly noted thing. And once again, we can come back to Metal Gear. Well, we'll do this again because obviously Metal Gear had some, uh, I think, some really decent performances in that, in that game. Um, but yeah, some of the voice acting in this game is truly horrendous. It was, I'm not even going to say shocking. I'm going to say horrendous. It was funny back in 98, I'll be honest. It was funny back then to hear, you know, really botched accents doing 
slightly terrible lines. It was funny back then, you know, especially as a fifteen-year-old, and you hear some of those like, some of those accents. You just think, do people really talk like that in Japan? I don't, I don't know, um, because they're so cartoonish and the way they're animated. Again, like when you do punish the evil merchant, and he's you know, come on, come on, to, and he's grinding towards the woman, uh, you know, the poor lady. You just think it was funny back then for different reasons because you're like, oh, look at that horrible man doing that thing. Lecherous old man, yeah. yeah. And then, but now you just look at it and you just think, oh, it's funny for different reasons, you know. Like it's quite, you know, quite horrible and disgusting, really. What he's trying to do, you know, he's trying to come on to a woman, like, but in a, in a in a lecherous way. But uh, even back then, it was just kind of like uh, from a from a performance point of view, it was funny because it, it was like. You know, it wasn't as good as other games, and it just sounded like a cartoon. But also, PS One performance-wise, I remember it. Th- I remember playing it back in the day, thinking I'm really into the aesthetic of this game. I obviously didn't think like that because mm-hmm. I was an idiot back then. I still am now, but I I understand words better now. <laughs> um, but um, I remember thinking, Tenchu, <laughs> this has got a really cool thing going for it. But a, I'm struggling with these controls because I'm doing things that I've never really thought about doing with the controller before, like crouching with an L button and turning the camera around with this button. And, you know, there's all there's all these things to manage on the controller because um, like, like I did this year in 1998, I played it with the original uh, PlayStation controller. So it was it, was re- it felt really limit, uh, limiting, um, uh, limiting mm, even. Yeah. So. And so to wrap my head around it back then, you know, um, you know it was just kind of... This game's too much for me, really. So I had to pass the pad between me and my mate to get through the levels, and he taught me how to play. But even back then, the game was like, it was a bit of a pain to play. And I remember thinking, if this was the N64, that would be fog, right? Because the, the draw distance in this game isn't yeah. great, and yeah. apparently this is the improved version, so that'd be, that's would be interesting to know. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, the things that we, um, we, we know about Tenchu now, I kind of thought back then of the same things but on a different level you know because back then games you know Tenchu did look okay compared to other PlayStation games but I, I wasn't thinking this looks brilliant like I just thought oh this looks a little bit oh dear you know if it didn't have a grappling hook and um, some excellent cutscenes when you sneak up behind someone I don't think I would be there for much longer than that really because I do remember thinking this game's a bit a bit ropey around the edges yeah I certainly uh, when I went back to it um, last week and, and obviously through this week um, my first instinct was this looks better than I expected but as I played more of it the look of it did start to not not even great just it, it diminished as I was playing it where you realise that the, the demons don't look that different to the humans because you can't make them look all that different with such relatively low-res polygons and animations mm-hmm. that are stilted for humans anyway. Um, and the voice acting absolutely stands out as this is atrocious. But I get what you mean, Darren, in that it almost comes across as, like, you know, a, a bad dub of a of a kung fu well, film I, or something like I that. I think you we know? also have to uh, mm-hmm. bear in mind that this was translated from a Japanese Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, which you know, is what I'd... I mean when I say like a bad dub of a, a 70s kung fu film or something like that, you know, um, where it does have that almost comedy value. Um, and and now, and absolutely, like playing it in 98, I wouldn't necessarily have thought anything of that, whereas now there's that inner kind of cringe of 
is this bad enough to the point where I should actually feel guilty that 20 years ago I might have laughed at it? Um, <laughs> it, it because because they're absolutely uh, performance... It, it, issues with the performances I have in terms of the way they are. I mean, um, Ricky Maru is actually compared to some of the other voice actors, not bad. It's very yeah, he's reasonable. Yeah. dry and, and, but he does try and get some kind of emotion through and, and the lines are read in a way that makes sense. Whereas Ayami's voice acting seems by comparison, much worse to me. Um, like they are just being read with often the wrong intonation or no intonation at all, um, but it's almost always the the lines that get a sort of raised eyebrow are the 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 bosses and and the enemies and that kind of thing because they are supposed to be these caricatures, um, and that I suppose leads to a degree of um, stereotyping or that kind of thing that just does sound really bad by by any standards today, but I think Darren, Darren's right. You gave it a pass 20 years ago, but that didn't mean it was good 20 years ago. It might have been more typical, but it certainly wasn't, in my mind, good back then When from what I remember of having played it. so, um, And I think that kind of, yeah, the as you said, Darren, the grappling hook w- was great and some of the things that it introduced, like uh, an alert meter and like mm-hmm. items you could use and stuff like this, wasn't the first game to use to have consumable items that might help you by any stretch. But the fact that it incorporated that into a stealth system, the, the problem is there's very little I can point to that it does that I think was an influence to games that came after it, which means that as someone we have several people who would identify themselves as kind of stealth fans on the team and and several who would identify themselves as stealth skeptics um, on the team and for me i didn't fall in love with stealth games until uh hitman and metal gear was something i went back to so i don't even necessarily need to compare it to metal gear it just feels like this the, the and the nuts and bolts of so much of this game were kind of basic um in terms of the way you move uh, in terms of how the controls work it feels incredibly clunky um yes there's a lot of mobility there with the rolls and uh you know jumps and like you've you can do a super jump type thing but i could never quite work out how it was done it's only because mm. i watched kind of a one hour long playthrough which uh, is probably worth saying as well this game will first time round take you so much longer <laughs> but on repeat playthrough if you know exactly where you're going yeah. and by having played through it and made the mistakes you know where the enemies are um, it's so so much quicker uh, and and if, if you know how to do all these moves and to make it seem smooth um, but like comparing it it's weird having Metal Gear Solid and Thief because Thief's this first person item heavy you know it's all about items that you have to control the environment around you and you are vulnerable in a way that even in Metal Gear I never felt that vulnerable as I did in in Thief Um, and then Metal Gear on the other side you've got the perspective which makes you so powerful because you can see what's going on around you and you get the information that you don't necessarily get from this or from Thief um and and Tenchu sits in the middle there, where 
yeah, you're pulled back in third person, but the the draw distance and the the having to um pan around but then when you you go into a like a, a zoomed in first person view you can't pan around as well and it's just it's so clunky to try and uh get the perspective so you can't really do that and then using the items like the grappling hook oh you can only turn so far and then you have to come out of that camera mode into the next it means you don't have the fluidity of movement or i didn't at least i wasn't able to get that that i would need to be able to use the items effectively but, like a wooden thief, and it just feels this odd kind of middle ground that didn't work so in either way for me. So I want to come back to the technical performance here. So yeah. you know, the the PlayStation 1, you know, there's been a lot said about it, but yeah, it, it was early doors. It had quite a few limitations, and one of the limitations absolutely on, on show here, you know, if you put aside, you know, performances of character, I mean, the, the story is, you know, Fred Bear and the performances, it, it doesn't matter if it's 1998 performances like that shouldn't exist purely because like you say the the, the script is is dire the performances sound like they're you know um english speaking citizens trying to do japanese mm-hmm. um accents yeah accents yeah. and then you feel like you have japanese accents trying to do english speaking sections um there's yeah, there are certainly caricatures, but it's you know it's it's also vaguely sexist, <laughs> which once again nineties okay, you know what can we do? You know we've moved on a long way, but you know I put all those to one side. It's funny to to see this game from its technical limitations. They really do hamper gameplay. I really feel like there there's a, but I know there's a better game in here because you know I've played some of the later Tenchu games, which had more powerful consoles to to produce a better game. So we'll certainly we'll certainly get on talking about you know controls etc. But one of the, the funny limitations with with the PlayStation was the draw distance, and supposedly it was improved for the for the uh, European and, and American releases. But it's it's one of the the things that hampers this game the most, and. As Darren already alluded to, what they they generally did on the N sixty four is they created fog. So you know there was that element of oh, like I'm I'm seeing I can see a bit further. It's not just a blank wall. Yeah. So instead of fog in this game, they they to keep I guess to keep the polygon count relatively high for the time, they have basically just the black. It's yeah. you can only see so far. Then you hit black. The the entire game is set at night. Um, very cleverly, you see, because you're a ninja, so you can go through the night. <laughs> but the entire game is set at night, um, and it's it's quite a shock to the system because it's it's not just oh yeah, where well, you can't see very far. Like from today's point, oh yeah, you see a bit of pop in there. It's about two foot in front, oh maybe a bit more, like six foot in front of your character, yeah. um, and the, that really does go on to affect the game because essentially what you are playing is a stealth game where it's really important to know where people are on the screen. Yep. And if you cannot physically see somebody just around the corner and you step out around the corner and you go half an inch around that corner and there's a guy standing there and then you're in combat, it really does... It, like that's that's the you, you feel like the the game is working against you in, in that regard. Now, I you know, technical performance, it's the way it was, the PlayStation, that's what it could do. But it doesn't help the game any by having those limitations, and mm. it gets it it gets around it a little bit by adding a few meters of you know, how far distance people are, so you at least know that there might be somebody around the corner. Yeah. But the amount of times I really struggled with the stealth because the points where I was being stealthy, I felt like the game 
unfairly um, got me involved in combat purely because I couldn't see the person two foot in front of me was numerous. And uh, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a shock to go back to um, a game that is is quite so flawed in its technical performance. Um, and you know, it's interesting to bring it up because you know Tenchu is. A quite, I think, quite a beloved game, or quite a beloved name of the gaming industry. Um, maybe because, you know, once again, one of the first games that that tackled uh, 3D stealth, um, along with you know, Metal Gear, Thief, etc. Thief was PC only, wasn't it? Yeah. So I do yeah. wonder um, whether that's you know gave it the leg up. And oh, absolutely, Met- yeah. Metal Gear, yeah. yeah, was just beautifully designed. So, um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about. The gameplay. I'm going to run through the basics to give you an idea because I think it, it at its core it's got a, a few interesting ideas actually. Um, one of the interesting ideas you have a grappling hook at you at all times. I love it. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool. It's really it is really yeah. it, the the ability to get yourself up into higher ground um, to be a bit more stealthy around the rooftops. And that's one of the things you can actually you know negate being seen by uh, people on the ground and coming around the corner is that you can generally that you can generally see them from a higher position before they they see you. Um, so the grappling hooks are really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, I suppose it was an innovation. At that yeah, point, yeah, yeah. I've never really played anything like it because the ability to just go up whenever you really felt like it. There, there are limitations because the little kind of shuriken crosshair it it goes. <laughs> You know, it goes more opaque uh, when you can't uh, grapple something. But you know, when you can grapple a ledge, you, you know that you know it lights up, and you know that you can get up there. Um, pressing triangle activates the shuriken crosshair, and it kind of automatically points up a little bit to give you a bit of a bit of a leg up, kind of so to speak. And uh, yeah, I, I just at any opportunity to get on those kind of you know Japanese-looking um, uh, roofs. <laughs> Higher plinths. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, 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 every time I'm just up there and just looking down. Um, it's kind of Sunset Overdrive-esque that, you know, if you're on the floor, you're kind of doing it wrong in a way. You know what I mean? Like you need to kind <laughs> yeah, of... Definitely. If you're going to be a ninja, you might as well stay in the rooftops and you use the, um, you know, the the number meter in the left-hand corner. I don't know if it's got a proper name, but, you know, I think uh, the closer you get to a guard or a dog or, uh, you know, a lady or an NPC, it, it goes up and it doesn't doesn't differentiate it's just a number that goes up with the kind of an exclamation point and then it changes to question mark when you've been kind of um maybe spotted and then it goes to double exclamation marks when you've been spotted by you know a bad man with a sword so all these kind of um you know running around the rooftops and judging what well, oh hang on that number's gone up by two. Oh, okay now it's 20 oh okay it's just a dog uh, so then you, you jump down and you know if you're like me you you don't poison the dog um, because it's just a dog, you just leave it alone. But yeah, um, the grappling hook for me is kind of the reason why, alongside the, the vibe of the game, is why I kept coming back. Because I don't really, I don't really recall any kind of game offering grappling hooks until kind of maybe Just Cause Two. I don't really remember very well. But the grappling hook in Tenchu is kind of why I loved it and uh, you know enjoy, enjoy it. Uh, well, Worms has a grappling hook. Yeah, I'm talking about like a, th- a, th- a 3D space. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. I'm just being yeah, uh, know, yeah. being facetious, but no, absolutely. Uh, grappling hook stood out as the, I think for me, the highlight of this game. Mm-hmm. That ability to, and sometimes it's it's when you've been spotted and you have to run around the corner, and then it is so frustrating. Try to quickly go to the grappling mm-hmm. hook. Remember that it's inverted. Yeah, I'll say non-inverter. <laughs> I'm, I'm an inverter, so it's all right for me. <laughs> it was every time I was just like, oh, no, down, oh, and then, and then kind of pan left or right. But 
the fact that yeah, as soon as you let go of that button and uh, you just hear that dunk, and the next thing you know, you're up on a rooftop. It's got a really satisfying can... whoosh as well. It's like whoosh, it does, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so yeah, um, it's awesome. And and then you, once you're on the rooftops, even if someone's after you, you can kind of manipulate the AI, AI a bit by kind of staying out their view long enough, or you know, throw one of the uh, distract items down to kind of distract them away and uh, and potentially poison them and but yeah it just um and it helped with the draw distance as well because when you're on the the roof generally enemies can't see you from the ground some can but you know usually you've got time to duck and get into kind of stealth modes uh before they mm. properly spot you um the camera definitely made things difficult on the roof because you had to kind of pan around all the time yeah. to try and see into the corners and stuff uh it, it was really tough going back to well, a I, game once, where I didn't have analog stick to control the camera like this. Well, I, I, I was going to say this. I mean, it seems a little hard to have a go at a 3D camera so early in the generation of 3D cameras. Because, but it, I mean, this is an unwieldy beast of a, a camera. It, it generally gets where you need to go, but whenever you want to do anything yeah. slightly more advanced it, than what If people it think time controls and Resident Evil yeah, were, were you know, by, like Resident Evil 4 or you know 5 or whatever were bad, no, that that's thoroughly usable and I'd be excited to have that option in this game. Uh, where, mm. Whereas this, yeah, it, it just, it is, and it's just a victim of the time where um, the ways to get around that, like introducing analog sticks and a whole different method of control, but also formalizing control schemes and that kind of thing just hadn't happened because it was so early days. Uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's really tough to go back to uh, now, even having played it, you know, uh, 19 years ago so. Well, Another one of the really interesting elements, and I actually do remember this from playing it first time around, it, it's got a uh, infantry system where you you have four slots um, that you can take into into uh, each level. So at the start of level, you get to pick between a number of things. Um, you always have the grappling hook, so that's that's cool. But you, you can manage whatever you take into a mission. So uh, fairly early, you, you have throwing knives and smoke bombs and poison rice cakes and coloured rice, rice cakes to... to know where you've been or colored rice to know where you've been uh the new normal standard set of healing potions grenades and mines um but one of the one of the i'm going to say it's cool because i I still think it's cool even though i fell foul to it a number of times one of the interesting things that will happen is if you die mid-mission that all the items that you had um acquired or take took into those uh levels were permanently lost Mm -hmm. so if you took if you had a stack of five health and you took all five health, fearing that this was going to be a, a, a challenging level, level, and you used all those five health, or you used two of those five health, but didn't manage it uh, to heal yourself entirely and died, then when you come back to your uh, your restart screen, you would have no more health left to take back into the game. It'd just and, be gone. And that's, so, when, I, and that would that's be... when I pressed the reset button on my PlayStation and loaded it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. absolutely. So, so, I mean, and that would happen with... Any of those things, so you you know you uh, if you were relying on throwing knives and dies, and yeah. you'd come back and you could refind these things um, in the levels, mm. and I believe at the start of levels it would kind of restock you to the the, the bare basics, but it it did um, it did leave you you know lead you to having that kind of you know cautiousness. No, well I won't take everything because mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot you know I. Would, Absolutely, definitely would have just been. Yep, give me everything. Uh, who like cares? Like Golden like, when James Bond can carry like a million guns and dual wield every <laughs> single one. Yeah, like it, 
yeah, I think no, potentially sure. definitely benefits from restrictions like that because it makes you think about you know it makes you think about the level that you're going into and it's kind of trial and error because you if you're playing a level for the first time you don't know you know what to take but that kind of makes the game a bit more exciting and replayable because if you've earned all this stuff over time you can go back to level one and maybe improve your score with some items that you never had before it's um it's a yeah. decent system actually I, I quite enjoy that but I, I was a firm fan of just resetting it because I didn't want to lose all my items. Well, it feels quite punishing first time round because that's when you need it the most. So the first time it kills you, you're like, wow, what? I've just lost everything. That's yeah. not yeah. great. Uh, and actually, as you get better at the game, um, you generally don't rely on a lot of that mm. stuff. Um, uh, another really quite cool thing they do, if you do find yourself uh, mastering any one particular level to Grandmaster uh, status, you actually start to uh, unlock a set of you know more advanced equipment so um, you've got super throwing knives light foot scroll which is you move fast around a uh, fire breathing scroll you breathe fire out your mouth oh, yeah. somehow I forgot um, about that yeah <laughs> better armor allows you I think it's take 30% more damage uh, sleeping gas uh, there's a decoy that you can set out uh, to confuse people resurrection ability which is the is a leaf that essentially if you die you just come straight back to life um, a chameleon spell which is probably my favorite out of the lot which is you can basically dress up as anybody around you uh, to the point I, I, I gotta love games like, like stealth games like this to the point where they can be physically hitting you with a sword and you activate the spell and you turn into a person that looks exactly like them and they stop hitting you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, where's they gone? It's like, wow, okay. Um, which is rather cool. Uh, you get an attack dog and um, it just yeah, they throw down a bone and this dog becomes your companion and starts attacking people. Does very little damage, but it's it's there. And you've got a, uh, yeah, and you got a decoy whistle, uh, much like you know, whistling uh, any other later games. You're just you know, calling somebody over and moving around them without being seen. It's a shame that these are um, hidden behind the Grandmaster rank, to be honest, because I, mm-hmm. I, I understand that they want to overwhelm the player with such you know such a, an array of items that do so many different things. But I, I, I wouldn't mind the resurrection ability, you know, from in the game just just as an ability maybe you unlock it quite early on it seems quite uh, i get it because if you've got grandmaster here's the here's some cool toys to play with um but, mm-hmm. the, 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 but yeah if you're grandmastering a level you don't need something to uh revise you well, that's you it. it's like it's kind of a weird balance thing there and it's like uh, you know mm-hmm. maybe because the game was i found the game really hard back in the day and I, I i don't find it as hard now but um back back then if i'd have had the resurrection ability i you know i probably would have gotten on um with the game a lot more it it really is a different philosophy though isn't yeah. it i uh-huh. mean uh, it, back then is not something i really want to say in general terms because leon will have have my job <laughs> but uh but it really is this notion of you're given the basic set of tools and then as tony you were saying with the pool of items that depletes if you fail the mission and then want to retry it it's forcing you to to master that level to beat it and then to master it even further to get grandmaster and that's when you get the toys to play around whereas mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it would be a, an incredible shame if someone did manage to get through this game even if they got thug ranking on every level um and and then kind of put the game away and, and didn't want to play it and never saw this stuff that could i mean you, the other ways you can do it of course you can you can give people these items uh and reduce the score uh because they used an item that was overpowered but they they're still able to have fun with it without 
needing to get to some arbitrary high skill cap before they get to see some of the fun stuff. You know, it's like unlocking mm-hmm. cheat codes in games, but you can only do it by getting, you know, incredibly high uh, scores or or doing it in a certain way, etc. I, I get the, I really do get the appeal of wanting to reward players that put all of that time into to mastering something. But, uh, but yeah, the, the notion that all of these could be here and help someone to enjoy the game even more, but they're never going to get there if they're not able to kind of break their skull mm. open while hitting a wall with their head, you know, um, is... Uh, I, I get the philosophy, but yeah, a bit of a shame. Also, the <laughs> the game is actually quite punishing tough towards the end. Um, so having the ability of some of those uh, elements would have made it a lot easier. Uh, I would say the game is actually unfair, unfair towards yeah, the end. Yeah. Um, but primarily because of the way it restarts the entire level. I, I, I do feel like somebody that has been mollycoddled by games and autosave systems and, oh, well, checkpoint, you did you know two-thirds of the level, here's a pat on the back, you won't have to do the whole thing again. But it, it is quite a shock when you get to the end boss um, after you know, 25, 30 minutes of gameplay, die within two seconds, and it's like, start again. <laughs> and, and you've got to rebeat oh. the mid, mid-level boss as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the, the double bosses are, are absolutely something. It's like, did you use all your resources on the, a mid, the mid-level boss and not realise he was a mid-level boss? Because now you've still got another half a game and an end boss for yeah. the level. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. Um, but we'll, we'll get a bit more into the, the, the frame rate on boss fights in particular was just erratic at times for some... like. For, Personally, playing on the PS1, it was kind of like, you know, you're fighting um, Onikage, and for some unknown reason, the frame rate would just drop, like, well, it's already a low frame rate because, you know, it's a game of that time, but it was just unplayable at the times for me, and especially when you've got yeah, a few guards yeah. around, you know, who want to get involved, you know, they, they obviously see what's mm. going on and want a piece of the action, it just becomes absolutely ridiculous, and again, GoldenEye yeah. was a game that had terrible frame rates when you throw, when you threw more than one grenade on the floor, and I didn't. I overlooked these issues at the time because I didn't really know what they were. But playing it now, it's like, wow, this is why I struggled with the game so bad because it was kind of, yeah, it yeah. was really, really poor. And it kind of, you know, the flick book kind of thing is uh, definitely appropriate here because, ah, oh, just yeah. So sometimes, well, and that, mm. yeah, that's the thing as well. I mean, we you talk about sort of it turning into a slideshow, but when you can see the refresh as it's coming down the screen, you know, yeah. that's when you really know you're struggling. That it's not just stop motion; you can actually see the screen refreshing. That's when you really know that you're in trouble, especially in a game like this where um, blocking and the angle you are blocking at can be the difference between. Uh, surviving for a few extra seconds uh, and getting away in order to heal or or dying on the spot. And mm-hmm. yeah, when, when the frame rate starts to tank, it, it just uh, it just it, it adds to that feeling of unfairness. And it's not intentional, of course. I'm sure the developer wanted the frame rate to be even and high all the way through, and it's just what was possible. But uh, it doesn't make it any less frustrating mm-hmm. when it's happening and you feel like mm-hmm. you, it, it's to blame in addition to, you know, my own failings when I feel like it's to blame as well for a death. But, um, it's, it's not when good. When I, you know, when I, uh, you know, inevitably do die in Tenshu, especially the first time round back in the day, I remember, like, getting back into the level, you know, less items and all that, and feeling a bit annoyed. And you press the map button to see where to go because you've kind of forgotten because it's such a hectic 
onslaught to get to mid-boss or final boss of the level. And the map is just so unhelpful. I, I kind of like the fact that yeah. it is just a drawn map with an X on it that you know moves around when you do. Yeah, it's but, a, a scroll, scroll map. Yeah, yeah it's, which it's, is a, it's a nice cool, touch. But... You know, because Sea of Thieves kind of does a, a similar thing. But also, I'm also playing a game and I'd like to have some fun sometimes. So just give me a little <laughs> po- pointer, like you know, a little bit of help. Uh, again, I, yeah, I, I, I get I the had... aesthetic of the map, but it's not helpful to me at all. I did have a couple of levels not really knowing where I was going and wandering multiple times around and round in circles um, until I found the right building where I, I happened to go for the right door. And uh, yeah, there, there's no indication where no. X-Boss would be, so you just need to work yourself around the ca- Playing it a second time obviously makes it yeah, so much easier exactly because cool, yeah, yeah. you go along the rooftops, you bypass all guards, um, you drop down from behind the building, you pop into the room and there he is and you, you get yourself a you know a nice uh, high rank. But yeah, first time round, you do find yourself having to almost slaughter your way through just to find the door that is the door that makes sense, even though the map has no... Yeah. The, the pirate one does because it's like, well, you're after the pirate. Well, sure, there's a exactly. ship yeah, yeah. on yeah, the map. Absolutely. I there's guess he's goal. there, but... Yeah. A lot of them are it's just you know, multiple buildings with multiple doors and multiple routes to get in and occasionally multiple floors. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's not always easy to tell where the walls you can walk along are versus or no. versus the, the ground, etc. Um, the other problem I had was uh, emulating, for whatever reason, uh, whether I held or just tapped the select button, the map appeared on screen for about 0.2 of a second and then disappeared. Well, that's your own fault for emulating. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not so even going to allow I, you to I have paid, that. I <laughs> paid the price for that. But, but yeah, actually, exactly. as Darren says, the maps are nigh on useless anyway. I mean, I, I guess what you could do is once you find where your goal was, you can kind of pull the map up and make sure you know where it is for when you inevitably have to retry. I, but, be- I uh, believe but yes. the Japanese, uh, original Japanese uh, incarnation of this had a different map where I don't know even if you were a marker on it. I think it was it just was just the map. layout. That would make, mm-hmm. yeah. I can that see that. Make um, even more sense so, but yeah. also <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway um, I'm going to hear from a number of people on the forum um, just to get a uh, you know a variation of, of people's memories on this game and before we uh, jump on one or two many uh, one or two more of the elements of the, what the game achieves so Ado Potato from the forum says I'm generally not much of a fan of stealth ups but I remember Tenchu as a good example of how to make a stealth fun. See also Arkham series and Mark of the Ninja games with more than some of the Tenchu DNA in them. I played it shortly after release at the behest of a friend who I was obsessed with it. And while it was obvious that its ambition outstrips the host system's graphical capabilities, a compelling core gameplay loop quickly shone through. I think the ease of traversal, thanks to the grappling hook, as well as the character's responsiveness and speed contributed to uh, contributed in this regard. Unlike the slow and deliberate pace of stealth games normally demand, it was possible, as well as rewarding, to play fast and well. I also remember the environments being manageably sized and well designed, which aided experimentation and took a lot of sting out of the restarting, of which there was plenty. All of this without mentioning the silent, violent takedowns being a gory reward for a job well done. The game, I'm sure, looks like an eyesore these days, but I remember it fondly and would venture that many of its innovations are still present in modern action-stealth games. Third drawing from the forum said, The game's ambition is somewhat outstripped by its ability. I still think of this game fondly. The one thing that set it apart from other stealth games at the time was your ability to hide on different levels to your enemies. 
Moving around with the grappling hook was generally fun and looking down from your perch, waiting for the perfect moment to strike, made you feel like a genuine badass. This couldn't even be done in Metal Gear Solid, which Tenchu gets compared to a lot. Overall, it's not a perfect game. While its mechanics are primitive, it's a good forebearer for games to come in the future, much like the first Resident Evil. And Simon Sloth said, I'm going to be quite clear from the outset. I don't like the first Tenchu game. Maybe it was the timing, being released around the arrival of Metal Gear Solid. Maybe it was the tank controls, which made it very, very frustrating. Maybe it was that I simply wasn't very good at it. I'm probably being unfair, but I remember seeing Metal Gear Solid as a vision of the future of the medium, and Tenchu was rooted in the past. Despite my overall impression, the grappling hook was enjoyable to use, and the mechanics did improve incrementally with each incarnation. So, actually, a relatively positive, or, or you know, whether it's looking through, you know, tinted, <laughs> tinted specs many years down the line, like, you know, rose tinted specs, quite possibly. Um, but, you know, that's a general mix of, you know, fairly positive, you know, with one negative. Um, and, uh, you know, 20 years is a long time between, you know, going back to a game and, and playing it. And we've already talked about the host platform, you know, having trouble, I think, keeping up with the ideas that the game sets down. But I do think it had some pretty good ideas. And like I said, I don't want to just compare it to Metal Gear, but I, you know, I relatively like the, the game's alert system, you know, the question mark of, you know, people didn't know where you are, the exclamation mark of, you know, people are aware of you and the double that you really messed up. You know, <laughs> I think it, it is helpful. Um, I also really, really liked, and I remember back in 98, really, really liking because it was so gory, the stealth kills. Um, and I still think it's pretty cool today, you know, talking like a 38-year-old man, still thinking it's pretty <laughs> cool to, to essentially open up someone's throat and see him blood pour out like a hose pipe. I think... It's because it's so over the top, I'm still enjoying it now because it's not just, oh yeah, look, you know, a little bit of blood. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's arterial spray. You, know, you have hit the main artery. <laughs> it's everywhere. The blood's flying. Um, you know, it, it's almost on the camera. It's on the floor. It's, it's very gruesome and, um, you know, pretty impressive actually for 98 and, and probably because it's so over the top now, still quite I think fun. for me, uh, the, the blood was obviously an attractive part. Um, I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but it's the way the cutscene happens kind of, you know, on the fly as you do sneak up on some idiot guard and, you know, and you get a different cutscene based on, you know, what angle you approach. So if you go straight behind with Ricky Maru, you get a you know a throat slit animation from behind, but if you can kind of go in from the side and end up getting him in the gut, he does like a like a belly jab and then pulls the mm. guy over onto his back, and it's just it's the, that I'd never really seen before, and it, it did feel like a reward because it gave you a little break from the action, and also it made your character look as cool as you imagined him to be when you're not playing him, you know, like mm-hmm. ninjas are supposed to be really cool. But when I got hold of the controller, he wasn't, but to see like, Oh, sorry. Uh, or in my case, she wasn't. Um, cause I played as the Ayami quite a lot cause I preferred the dual blades. Um, uh, yeah. And so she looked a lot better f- when the cutscene was happening. I thought that's what a ninja looks like. And then you go back to gameplay and you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, this is me. The ninja, like ninja thug, you know what I mean? So it was, it was a nice little in-game reward to see, some cool action happening, uh, even if, you know, I wasn't in control of it. 
it also separates it from those other games we keep mentioning. Yeah, you know, it is it is fine. I mean, yeah. the eighteen yeah, rated moniker on the front of the box right now. I you know, I I do wonder whether it or it probably wouldn't receive eighteen now um, because it's so comical in some effects. So obviously, it's still not really suitable for young children. But you know, it is kind of more. Well, the game's so tongue-in-cheek, it would just feel like it's, you know, a 12... 12 yeah, it's tough to say that there's even what would be, because it's not BBFC rating in the UK anymore, but it'd be, it'd be tough to say that it warranted uh, a BBFC 15, and it certainly wouldn't warrant the equivalent Peggy 16 rating, um, mm. because it, it does look so bizarrely unreal. And it, I, the effect, I think, for the time was great, where you've got, like, it's not... It's it. It looks like a stream of blood, but there's also like blobs and globules of it that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of fade away. And in some cases, um, uh, actually, particularly when uh, the uh, corrupt minister uh, commits uh, seppuku and falls over on his his sword, you get like a splat of blood out underneath him as well, which is a, it looks mm-hmm. completely different to the other blood, but equally well, it. it it reminds me of like Mortal Kombat where they really went for it in this over the top kind of way that then was taken very seriously as, oh no, this is too violent. Whereas now it almost is more comical and unrealistic, which actually perversely lowers the, the rating because there's not a realism aspect to it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, they, it, by today's standards, yeah, it, because of the graphical uh fidelity but also just because of the style of it i think uh yeah it'd be tough to see it as certainly an 18 i was surprised when i saw it was an 18 and, and playing it i was like what what is there in this game that would warrant that because it almost feels like now with uh films particularly but with um with games as well you almost have to really go for it in terms of drug use or you know real sort of sadistic violence dismemberment yeah, yeah you, you really that. have to, to almost <laughs> Like in terms of language and stuff like that, there's barely anything that warrants an 18 rating. And in terms of violence, it has to really be, you know, um, difficult to watch almost, uh, which is not necessarily a positive comment on the way society has no, progressed. But... Uh, uh, you know, but but having said that, you know, at the time, this level of blood was something that wasn't present in a lot of games. Um, it's it's tough to say outside of the blood what else could have given it the eighteen rating because, um, you know, yeah, there's there's demons and there's notions of turning people into zombie-like creatures um, and uh, you know that kind of thing. But there's nothing else really. It but, must be. But the oddly, blood. at the time, it it did lend the game a sense of maturity, which yeah. is funny. Yeah. Kind of looking at it now, which yeah, in, like I say, it's complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's interesting as well because you know Ado Potato from the forum there was talking about the game feeling kind of fast and fluid, and we've already alluded to it. It, it just doesn't feel that way now. Um, and actually, like comparing it to even in his comments, that like, comparing it to Metal Gear, like Metal Gear, if you if you're in the kind of the right frame of you know choking out people, etc., you, know, you can you can really do that nicely and fluidly fluidly through that game. Um, there is a you know. <laughs> In that game, the the eight way control system makes perfect sense because most of the corridors are set on a grid like system, yeah. so yeah. it's very easy to traverse around um, those environments, and the controller feel perfectly suitable for that. Here, it really does. It really 
does miss the analog stick. The, it's the 3D environment and the way that you can tra traverse um, vertically as well as horizontally and fairly open um, spanning levels. Having an eight-way directional tank controls, and you know we've talked about tank controls plenty, um, obviously from Resident Evil of recent note, and you know at least in Resident Evil, you once again you're on a fairly grid system and you're not going up and down the environment, and it and it really does feel hampered by the control system, like straight away, even even at the back end of the game, I was still on occasionally hitting the control stick to try to change the contract yeah. of the camera yeah. because it was just such a natural element to do after <laughs> being, you know, so many years of playing 3D platforming yeah. games. It was just, yeah. well, I can't see it. I had a number of times where I'd actually um, managed to do a stealth kill and as I was doing the stealth kill, the camera would disappear into a building and I had no context of what I was doing, who was around me uh, and, you know, yeah, people would come up the, you know, behind um, me. And... The boss fight in the statue room, oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. where you you fight one, and then uh, Onikage comes in. I think it's the first time mm -hmm. you fight. Onikage. I think so, yeah. Um, and and it kind of clips through some of the the material. There's like a lattice yeah. type um, texture mm -hmm. on the wall. It clips through that to the point where yeah, I can almost see what's going on, but I really kind of need to see more than this. Um, mm -hmm. And it's far from the only game, and it's it's far from the the last game. You know, there's plenty of games after that. Uh, this oh, absolutely still fell foul of that, and and you know. But I, I'm. I, I mentioned right at the very start of the show the uh, Tomb Raider, and you yeah. know, Tomb Raider was I think it was on its third. Uh, incarnation by the time this game had come out, and I feel like that, that, that had that managed point. to. Sorry, yeah, uh, three, okay. three was on yeah. its way. So yeah, and I, I feel like it, it managed to. Although the first game is, is fairly ropey in, in a sense of jumping, but um, there's areas in this game where you have to jump pits oh. and um, or it's yeah. insta death. And even though I was knew there were pits, I. I fell a couple of times just trying to yeah. jump, didn't make the jump, fell in the pit. Like, there's no indication where, you know, via shadows or anything where you might be. And, yeah. Um, and insta death in a game where you've got to redo the entire level, that yeah, seems. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, that it, that seems over the top to me. And maybe it, it probably didn't as much then. I don't recall being as frustrated then, but, um, but oh. now it just feels. It, it, yeah, it, it just feels like you're being. Oh, it's terrible, isn't twice. It? I mean, yeah. Actually, it it reminded uh, oddly. It kind of reminded me of a little bit of something like Dark Souls, where it's it's a little bit cheap. Like in Dark Souls, mm. it's a little bit cheap, but oh, you yeah. feel like you had all the elements to avoid that. Here, it feels like the cheapness feels yeah. like. Well, I knew what the the you know in Dark Souls, I almost feel like it would be played that way this way you fell into the trap purely because you didn't have the ability to well, avoid the trap but in that kind of same vein as like oh what? those, those <laughs> pits they kind of put them either at the top of a crescendo you know a crescendo of a hill or just over a like a ridge so you and yep. obviously you've got no camera control so you can't well you've got very little camera control and uh, no so you come over the, the peak and yeah. then fall into a so pit i remember <laughs> back in the day falling down the pit quite a lot and then using the grappling hook to get over it and then Recently, I started using the super jump to get over some of the pits, and I thought, "Oh, this is working quite mm. well." And then I, I, I saved it, turned it off, and because I, I, I died at a boss, I tried the level again. And you know, I noticed that the enemies had changed. I quite like the the RNG of some levels where you know that it will be different layouts of enemies. That's quite a nice touch. I get yeah. I get to the pits, which you know, thankfully, have, thankfully, have stayed in the same place. Do the super jump, and 
um, she'd just kind of just glitch into nothing and fall down the hole. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I get it. It's, you know, the the wobbly PS1 textures and polygons are all playing a part here. But if you're going to add a super jump to a game that I can do any time, kind of make it playable. It needs to be reliable, yeah. You go back to the grappling hook and... It just feels like it's too much for a ninja. It feels like it's too much of a. It's too elaborate to use your grappling hook to cross a, a hole that's right in front of you. If you're a ninja, you should be having all kinds of tools to get across this, rather than, you know, a glitched super jump or a grappling hook. Like I kind of feel like there was. Mm. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's old school game design, isn't it? That they put these pits there, kind of like Mario in a way that it's there to kill you, and that they do it in a way that plays against the player in this case because you can't yeah, see what's yeah. going on and if if the the pit itself first time or the control second time or then the fact the game glitched and just threw you down the pit anyway the third time one of those you know one if not all three of those things are going to end up getting you and at that point it feels like the game's actively working against you you yeah. know it's it's just kind of crazy i mean to the point where running along uh the tops of walls i'd sometimes find it difficult to run in a straight line and stay yeah. on uh-huh. the level and then when i got to like the court because obviously um like the walls are along the outside of a compound so you get to a corner and it's 90 degree corner and i'd feel like i had to stop at the corner pan the thing around and walk forward again and, and again if we're talking about feeling like uh, you've got fluid motion or anything, I'm not asking for like auto run Assassin's Creed style, um, but th- I shouldn't feel so stilted. And you know, if I want to um, run away from an enemy and use my grappling hook, I shouldn't feel like I have to run, 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 stop, press the button, up, oh no, it's down, and then move, and then left, and then right, and then oh, it's down a bit, and then press, and then finally I get up there. It should. Th- if I get that it's a technical limitation of the time and it's really uh, crappy it's, for me to kind of labour on this point, but I, I felt like I was having to fight everything mm, about the it, way this game was it's, made. It's such a hard thing, isn't it? Because I'm listening to that and I I am putting myself back in when I played this in 98. Yeah. And I and I don't feel like these are the elements that stood out for me. You yeah, know, yeah. What I remember are the elements of you know the stealth kills, um, the grappling hook. You know, I remember these being fun elements, but you know, having played it over the last couple of weeks, um, yeah, it's it's actually interesting because it's a lessening in game design. Like, there's there's a reason we moved to analog controls. Um, you know, there's a, a reason why we had you know movable cameras, etc. And going back to a game where those elements aren't in place and it's trying to be a 3D fluid um, stealth ninja game. And having all these technical um, limitations to what it could physically achieve, um, being so obvious to somebody with you know had yeah twenty well imagine imagine looking into the future twenty years into the future and knowing you know how stealth games like um, Dishonored would you know be now it's like it's yeah it's it's incredible to think of that journey. So yeah, with the, the combat as well that you mentioned, James, about the kind of the parry system earlier. And it's it's a weird one because I, I'm not going to criticise the game for making the combat a little bit ropey when it's kind of meant to be a ninja stealth game and you're not really meant to engage on one-on-one combat. But when you, you know, for me, when I inevitably failed at something in my, my stealth run, you would end up in a, a sword fight you know, between you or a knife fight be- between others. And um, 
I think it's kind of got a, a, a rewarding nature because you can actually parry. You can um, wait for the, the hit to come in. Um, was it press back on the D-pad? Parry, kind of break their their rhythm and get in uh, in with your own sword strikes. And I actually thought there's a re- relatively decent flow to the combat in that. Once again, the controls make it a little bit more difficult because if you're not entirely facing uh, in the direction yeah. and you, with the tank controls, if they happen to you know, jump past you, then it's it's relatively difficult to get yourself back in a straight plane to to take them on. So there is a a reverse jump and there is um, you know a, a kind of sidestep and a slight you know either way. So there, are, they, I think they added elements. If you become quite, you can come quite competent at the at the combat. But at times it does feel like you can find yourself in um, an animation loop of them hitting you into scenery, you bouncing off scenery, them waiting for you to get back up and them hitting you to bounce back off into scenery again. Uh, I died a number of times via uh, just kind of finding myself in a combat loop, which was almost impossible to get out of, which was fairly frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially if... So there's a couple of boss fights, that statue room again, actually, an enemy from outside that you have successfully got past can spot you even once the boss fight has started and then come in Mm -hmm. and if you're in a situation where you're already fighting the camera because it's getting not stuck in but moving behind scenery and obscuring your view um and then trying to kind of because i I kept wanting to sidestep and ended up pressing left or right in the d-pad and instead uh turning slightly whilst i was blocking um and actually opening myself up to one or other of the people I was trying to defend against, um, and and the fact that there is a uh, there's a block and and you can parry it with with a uh, you know a bit of timing, um, and you can kind of turtle and wait for them to hit you and and finish their attacks and then step in and attack them. Uh, the jump back's great, but like uh, rolling, you have to press your crouch stealth button and then double tap um, any of the, the four directions and you'll roll in that direction. It'd be nice if if that had been... It's it's too clunky to use in a, in a fight where timing is kind of the be-all and end-all, really, I found. Um, and so, again, it's just an example of... And, and, and I like the fact that the backwards jump, if you time it right, gets you out of trouble if you don't you're gonna get swatted out of the air by their attacks um but it just feels like again it's that clunkiness where um i found myself a rhythm of i'm just gonna block and turtle until i see a gap and then i'm gonna attack and maybe one out of three of my attacks land i then turtle again and you know i just get into a rhythm with some fights where i wanted to play it super safe and probably those fights took me way longer than they should have but i felt like safe was better than trying to use um more maneuverability and potentially as i say hitting <laughs> left or right opening you know turning my shoulder to them and getting caught and then getting yeah stu- not it, it, it's not even stun lock because as you say it, they tend to knock you down after mm-hmm. a couple of strikes uh and then you get kind of stuck in a loop and it the 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 risk felt like it it was way more than the reward i guess in what should have been a kind of uh, risk reward strategy with um try to sort of cut in through their defense and and get them but um but on the whole i mean there's certainly aspects of like dark souls or i guess demon souls style combat to be had here where you can kind of um wait your turn and take advantage of of their 
kind of gaps in their animation, stuff like that. Mm. Um, so th- there is kind of a, a primitive version of, of yeah, that kind of combat. Relatively advanced for, for its time. Yeah. I, I think I was surprised, actually, that it was those, they were those elements in there. I like the, yeah, the I combo playing. moves you can do. You can do, like, forward-forward stab to do, like, a you know, like a thrusting move. Mm-hmm. And you can, based on your position against the enemy and, you know, the, the buttons you press, you can do different swipes and stuff. But if an enemy that isn't a boss gets involved in a boss fight i very much like to get in that that enemy involved in the boss fight literally <laughs> and like watching you know uh, like kind of like doom when you set two guys upon each other it, the damage is taking yeah, place and yeah. I, I appreciated that because it, when one of the bosses is breathing fire i think that happens at some point um i yeah i made sure those other guys who got involved because they were dropping my frame rate went first via the fire and i, I enjoyed it uh it is it is interesting that the um, the well the NPCs I guess um, can hurt each other. <laughs> I uh, I had a uh, a scenario where I was having arrows fired at me across a bridge, and uh, I got into a uh, a one on one fight with this guy, and I'd watch these arrows fly over from this this bridge side and hit this guy in the back <laughs> repeatedly like 10 arrows, and eventually he died, and I didn't have to do anything. It's just, it was just it yeah. I mean I like I if I. I yeah, like it's that. pretty satisfying pretty to cool, see actually, a, yeah. a health bar go down via, <laughs> yeah. you know, through means that isn't your own, really. I mean, you are manipulating their 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 AI to do that, but I also find it quite satisfying. It's not combat specifically, but if you manage to again in a Dark Souls way, if you manage to kind of cheese your enemy off a ledge, and or even if yeah, you yeah. got on the other side of the map and you just yeah. see a health bar hit zero, and you're like, sure, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, I'm I'm a greatest ninja. I killed someone that didn't even see me. Uh, yeah um, but overall I thought the combat was you know for the time I thought it was quite inventive you know it, it offered a bit of variety and um, it, but it always for me it always ended up just being just block as much as you can don't lose don't lose health and then just just wail on the square button until you know you're <laughs> but in theory, you should never engage in one-to-one You're combat. Talking to me, Mr. So. Impatient. Aside from the, just, the bosses, yeah. I, I certainly yeah, found if it was yeah. out in the world, um, the risk of having multiple enemies spot you because you can't see well enough where other enemies might be and naturally in the fight you're going to move around the area um that risk was just way too great so i avoided that at any odds like i I would block an enemy and then hit them a couple of times and knock them down and then just run because i didn't want to get involved in that fight any more than i had to but obviously boss fights you you have to and you're bound to to end up having to repeat some of those boss fights um but i also like the fact that a, a boss can knock you down and get you in a loop but you can do the mm. same to the boss one Akagi I, um, on the the rooftop oh. fight i think the second time where you fight him you you can absolutely get him stuck in a loop where you knock him down he gets up and you just start wailing on him again uh i in that fight in particular he yeah. knocked me off the ledge all oh, the way no. to the bottom of the level again <laughs> and i um, down into a group of people, but I had stealth my way around. <laughs> um, just landed at their feet. He didn't actually do any like the, there was no full damage, but it was um, it was oh god. And I ended up in a like a five minute Benny Hill tussle routine. To get out I bet of that. Benny Hill then, music started playing. Yeah, and he's of course he's still at the top of the tower. He's not going to come down. I had to you know work my way all the way back up that tower <laughs> again. He was down because uh, I think his health port at that point is like 250 hit points. You know, you can do about, I don't know, 10, 15 hit points of a sword swipe. And it's that fight and it's he not can like... heal himself as well. Yeah, and that fight. Oh, thank you, James. Yeah, in that fight. <laughs> Sorry, I've stolen your he thunder. Just, he just 
healed himself back up to full health. I'd like yeah. walk around the corner and he looked at me and went, ha ha, and then just healed himself. There's like, a... Oh my God, really? Yeah, he has the little um, sparkle animation and then just his health goes right back up and I was just like, <laughs> I'll throw myself off this building if it helps there, at this there point. There is a lot it's... of parallels to Dark Souls when, you know, playing it in 2018. You obviously didn't, but there is a lot going on here that kind of makes sense for From Software to pick up this license because there's, there's a lot in common mm-hmm. with the two series and... Um, it's only really just dawned on me now that how appropriate it would be to bring it back and um yeah you know like enemies healing themselves when i first saw that in dark souls i thought it's the most infuriating thing ever but it's all part it's all part of the fun you know and you have to yeah if tenchu i mean the xbox version of tenchu that i played um wrath of heaven or something like that it it it, it, it plays better than heaven, yeah. obviously the ps1 game um but it uh, i imagine in my head there's a really good tenchu game to be made in 2018 because there's there's some yeah, really good ideas absolutely. in this game that were kind of ahead of the time, yeah. uh, but it was all kind of hampered by you know the PS1 and uh, the early days. And I just think I think that's the reason why we still kind of adore Tenchu because it was trying things that no other games were trying. And only like 20 mm. years later do you realise actually, oh god, it's a bit crusty around the edges, but underneath there's a nice soft roll i've lost the analogy but you know <laughs> well once again yeah just it's batting up against the limitation of its, yeah. of its host hardware yeah um, yeah definitely they're, they're, one of the last ones i should talk about boss fight wise is the the final boss was it mio oh, um oh, man. who has cheating out of cheating swine out of nowhere can yeah. produce electricity um and that electricity can what well, one hit and pretty much you know not instant death but it's damn close well it, it, um, yeah it can knock you on your backside it breaks your guard so your mm-hmm. your guard doesn't work against it and it, it is as you say instant so there's no build-up there as far as i could tell there wasn't a tell he was going to do it yeah. or certainly not enough of one uh yeah, yeah. so I, I died on that um fairly quickly and that's not a short level to get no. i think it was 26 minutes no, so me to work my way game. to him yeah, definitely I um to beat all but you know 20 seconds of meeting him thinking hey hey here's the end and oh okay fine that's right 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 um, and he teleports <laughs> yeah so but but to go back to um that that theory of also um being kind of a bit kind of glitchy for for you know us as well as them um i went back into that fight and all I took, I'd made sure I had all the bombs. And um, I got him, like, first, it just literally spawned in a level. I threw a bomb at him. He fell on the ground. And then I, re- I think it was 12 bombs I had. Um, I just chained bombed him. So he never got, he, every time he went to get up, yeah, he never just blew up again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure how that fight plays out, other than I died very quickly. And then he died very quickly. Um, but, yeah, that was a kind of like a, just a, a smile on my face of like, yeah, fine, we can both play at that. I've got an overpowered <laughs> weapon as well. Um, I mean, that's literally what he does. He, he teleports, which would be okay, except as mentioned, you don't have an analog stick to control the camera, which when mm-hmm. you're playing this in 98 or 99, you you wouldn't expect to have an analog stick to control the camera, so you wouldn't have that frustration. But he teleports behind you and comes in with really strong sword attack, uh, just kind of swipes in from behind you on the screen. And uh, as mentioned, I found it very difficult to make use of the maneuverability, where in uh, other action games like this... Um, I'd just dodge at the right time. You know, it would be easy. It wouldn't be an issue. Um, or, you know, learn to learn the parry window or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that electricity attack. Um, 
because it, if if you're blocking, as far as I can, it doesn't take that much health off you, but it will still knock you down. Um, it will still it will break your guard and it will knock you down. Um, so blocking doesn't necessarily feel like the right thing to do. It feels like you should be able to see when it's coming and get sidestep it. I mean that's that's the way bosses work, right? You you learn their attacks in you know bosses in this kind of game, and we are making comparisons to soul games. You learn attack patterns, and you learn what the rock paper scissors uh, response to each one is. Uh, and sometimes that might be turtle up and don't do anything, or or just dodge it, and and you've got no time to attack. But it felt like it was cheap for cheap's sake. Um, they were throwing stuff at you that you'd not seen any other enemy do, but it was multiple things stacked one on top of the other that, as you say, Tony, could lead to literally a 10-second fight and he could have you done in that time if you d- couldn't get away and heal you know, in a timely fashion. And by the way, if you heal before you know what you're in for with the rest of the fight, you're literally wasting your next opportunity to, to do this level because um, you're depleting your 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 health potions so um yeah that that last fight was the cheapest of cheap boss fights and i I would i would blame terrible boss fights for being a a curse of games early 3d games but they still exist now so Mm. you know 20 years have barely taught us anything so (laughs) so yeah if you find a cheap way to do that tony then then fair play to you uh as you as you say with regards to to um, Souls games and the like, uh, if you can find a cheap tactic, they use cheap <laughs> tactics, so it's all fair, uh, all, all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sound design and music. Uh, I I remember a lot of the sound um, from this game, um, be it the the grappling hook kind of zzzz up, like that was an instantaneous. Like, yep, I know that sound. Um, the blood spurting. Yeah. Um, that's an absolute. Yep. That that was lodged in my memory. The the first time you hear it, like, oh, oh I'm, yes. I'm never going to forget that. It doesn't mean I like it. Mm. It's, it's no, this it doesn't weird mean I like it. It's just springing yeah. noise that sounds nothing like liquid <laughs> or anything. It's too weird. Like like, it sounds like it sounds like you know the you know when you get um, like door stops that are to stop the door hitting the wall, and sometimes they're like uh, springy ones with a white tip. I don't know if you know what I mean. And you can kind of spring them and they make that kind of reverberating um, noise. That's what this was. I I can almost (laughs) see someone doing that and recording it and thinking, yeah, that'll do for blood. What has that got to do with blood? It's nothing like it. It's bizarre, but it's unmistakable. It's absolutely unmistakable. The the clash of the swords Um, really, um, yeah, yeah, that that is a noise that's in my head. And um, the cats and the dogs, I, you know... uh, when you hear a cat, you rarely see the cats in the level, and sometimes they spawn mm. in the um, in the first level. You you might see one in the room above the merchant, and sometimes you don't. But when you do, it's a it's a nice little touch, you know. And obviously, it goes crazy and alerts the guards around you, and you think, "Oh, you mm-hmm. god!" Uh. But um, yeah, typical cats. I know, man. <laughs> there, there's going to be ninjas with me, would ya? You know what I mean? Like, but no, not not in this game. They were against you. The, the dogs in some levels, when I heard a bark, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, because you don't want to kill the dogs. Most of the enemies actually can't see you outside of they the, kill you. The, the dark area that you can't see. They can see you as soon as you can see them, uh, but as long as you're stealthy, you can kind of do it. But the, I swear the dogs can see you outside you the, howl the visible about range. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? You can't. What's going on here? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it, um, the the sound design is very memorable. I'll be honest. Like, uh, it, you know, the the even the the noise from changing your um inventory 
It's like, you know, it's like a weird chunky yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Chugup noise. It's like stuff like that really resonate in my brain. As- Which is really good feedback because, mm-hmm. again, if you're going to be changing and potentially mid fight, because some of your items are, as you were saying, Tony, grenades or uh, bombs or whatever, you want to be able to use mid fight. And uh, if you hear a dog, you might want to be able to use, a, you know, a shuriken or whatever. Uh, if you're particularly a mean human being um, and and having that kind of like not having to glance down to the bottom right of the screen just hearing it and knowing yeah. yep 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 and if you've got your items in a specific order you know which item you're on all the time it's really mm-hmm. useful to have that feedback uh, the HUDs I, I quite liked and having sounds associated with that's always uh, beneficial I think yeah and the music I think is is really quite decent. Um certainly where the the other aspects of the game feel, you know, quite dated. But I think that it's got a, a fairly decent soundtrack throughout. Uh, obviously the opening uh, music scroll on, on the uh you know the I guess the attract screen to come into it. Um straight away remember that that music um which I'm sure we're playing the show. And um yeah throughout the levels I think yeah there's some there's some fairly authentic sounding uh, oriental music and uh you know also some weird sounding kind of um not jazz what's the word no that's that's it's a combination like it's it feels quite a modern version of an yeah. oriental I, sound I got some uh Shenmue vibes from the soundtrack mm, yeah. uh, I think that was what stood out to me and I'm as I always say I'm not one for being reliable in my uh, appraisal of, of music at the best of times, specifically game music, uh, especially. But um, but yeah, uh, it it felt weird to have like because obviously a, a big thing with uh, PlayStation was CD quality sounds because you had CDs and therefore you had like proper orchestral musical scores in the game and not chiptune stuff. And that's not to say one's better than the other, but it was notable about PlayStation games that you you could have this. Um, it felt to me sometimes when you're in the middle of a level, there's nothing particularly notable happening, uh, a bit odd to have that music playing pretty much all the way through. Um but I undeniably, you know, if I'm comparing the music to Shenmue, then that says something about the atmosphere it did generate and lay down for me in terms of, yeah, blending um, what sounds to me like traditional or typical Japanese um, music um, with, yeah, I, I can't quite put my finger on either something more uh, modern or ex- ex- not experimental is wrong. Jazz is certainly wrong, but yeah, there was mm. a different kind of... Um, There's a number of guitar riffs in there yeah, that don't quite yeah. match the two, uh, two and, and elements actually, that, that a, blended really well. Modern Japanese uh, mm-hmm. kind of orchestral music has a lot of that. You know, you think to your, your Final Fantasy soundtracks, they certainly blend like guitar type, almost rock music with orchestral music at times you know uh final fantasy is probably the one wrong one to pull there because i've never played a final fantasy game but i can certainly <laughs> think of other jrpgs that definitely do that so um yeah yeah i'm a big fan of the soundtrack um more so you know the start of the game because that's that's just obvious like you know you play the start of the game more than you do the, la- the latter half but yeah the music is a big part of the reason why i kept coming back to this game as well as all the you know mm. the, the the tools and tricks the game had to offer you know as we discussed earlier but the the soundtrack i, w- I would literally put this game on when my mate ricky was around just to watch the intro because that intro th- song 
and even the first level uh, track is just so memorable in my head. I love the old, you know, the drum noises and the, the donk of what I imagine is a saucepan. Uh, you know, like it, the music just stops, it goes donk, and then it kicks off again. That's just so good. It's just so unique <laughs> to that game. I can't, you know, you're not going to confuse those tracks with any other game, in my opinion. Like you just know that's a Tenchu track because um, mm. again, it had its own cool vibe, and I can't put it into better words than that. Now, and I'm pretty sure as well. It, um, although it doesn't um change with you know a combat or whatever may be happening on the screen it does change from location of certain parts of the environment i know there's a there's an elements in there where you know it's not just a static piece of music it does you know alter as you progress your way through the level if not actually with the combat so i think there is a you know a bit more technicality going on there than you would have probably expected um third drawing from the forum said I know the show is going to give a drum into the voice acting and probably rightly so but I will say I wish the rest of the voice acting was as good as the narrator that describes your missions he and the soundtrack set the tone wonderfully speaking of the soundtrack it's one of my favorites from the PS1 era and one that I still listen to very regularly uh, particularly if I am in Japan, you lucky yeah, I love so how you so. Ju- I love how you throw that in If I'm in Japan, I'll just yeah. put it on. It's like, yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I've, I've been once, and I've been dying to go back ever since. Um, I've just realised I need to ask, um, because the emulated version I played was the uh, USA ROM. Um, the narrator is uh, an American voice actor, right, in the European version mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fa- like fairly straightforward, no accent on it or anything, just an American speaking. Yeah, as far as I know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, just... it's a fairly straight read. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with I think probably I, I guess what third drawing's meaning is like there's a certain amount of gravitas and seriousness to it mm-hmm. that does set the tone that you are in a you know an epic uh, Japanese kind of historical like uh, period. Um, I'm I'm not sure I'd necessarily say I thought it was good. I thought when you're it comparing was... it to SpongeBob in the cutscenes, it actually sounds really good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you got yeah yeah You're like, all right, come on. And then this man comes up and goes, yes, yeah, so this is your mission, and this is how you're going to do it. You're like, yeah, okay, sure. that, that, yeah, that's yeah. voice yeah. acting. He he's the guy who took his job seriously exactly. and and knew how to to play the part. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's wander on to our free word review, shall we? Sure. Uh, Connor Hawks says Ricky Maru the goat. All in capitals. Um, I don't get it. The greatest oh, of all time. Not an actual goat. That's what that means. The goat. No, it's a it's a sport terminology. I don't I don't like sports. <laughs> Samtic or Psamtic. Apologies if I've mispronounced. Um, says secret ingredient poison. Craigity Craig. Silent but deadly. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, morbid beard. Hilarious voice acting. <laughs> And Stephen Bat finally says, "Punish evil merchant," which simple but effective instruction. Which I'm sure a lot of people did because I'm pretty sure that's the, the demo level and the first level of the Looks game. Looks like you chose the wrong the party that... to crash. That's my that's my <laughs> favourite line. From, uh, sorry, I'm reading hilarious voice actor, and that just popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Darren, can you yeah summarise the game? Uh, how does the game? fair in uh, 2018 and uh, how does you, you feel from the game in, in 1998 if I, you can? Yeah, I love Tenchu um, for reasons that you know we've gone through. Um, I don't think it's aged particularly well at all and I, I can't recommend it as a playthrough in 2018 but you know uh, if you played it back in 98 the game's set 
you know, the game planted some sort of seed in in players' minds as a, a game to remember for years, as as evidenced by our forum posts. You know, there's quite a few in here that just like have just you know we're aware of the issues of the game, and even back then we were aware of the issues of the game. But there was something about it that set itself apart from other games and give it you know and it had its own identity and for all these years i was just thinking i love tenchu i love tenchu and then i played it in january 2018 i thought i used to love tenchu and i wish i was playing the, i wish i was playing the ps2 <laughs> or xbox version again because the first level in that in that game uh, wrath of heaven or one of them is punish the evil merchant so they were kind of going for a reboot <laughs> of sorts and it's got some really cool little um gadgets in there like you can put like um like a chameleon kind of spell over you can press against the wall and the camera goes all you know you know it goes low and you can see around the corners but you can kind of put a cover over you that kind of chameleonizes itself with the wall around you and those kind of things oh metal gear style well, that you is know it's, yeah, it's kind of like the you know the um the camouflage but yeah metal gear four yeah but these kind of tools should be in a ninja game in my opinion from the start but Again, like this is one of the first, well, or if not the first 3D stealth game, so you kind of have to give it a pass. Um, if they bring it back, which I, I, I would love to play a new Tenchu if it had this style of game, but you know, in a in a more fair way, I'd be well up for it because I've still got a lot of love for Tenchu, even though I think it is a bad game in 2018. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> James. Uh, yeah, Edo Potato earlier from uh, the forum post that you read out, Tony, said, uh, spoke very uh, highly of this game and the influences it had on uh, games like um, Batman Arkham series and, and Mark of the Ninja and stuff like that. And if you want to tell... Not if you, That sounds very accusatory, but if someone were to tell me that Tenchu 2 or Tenchu 3 made good on the promises, the ideas of this game that the technical limitations just would not allow to work as I feel they should have. And that game, when they got it right, inspired a Mark of the Ninja or a, a Batman Arkham. Absolutely, Arkham Asylum. I can see stuff that is in that game that was here. Um if you want to tell me that when they did it right later on, that inspired those games, absolutely, I am all for it. But when I look at this game, I see a game where the combat doesn't really work as fluidly as I'd like it to. And it's kind of an idea, but it doesn't quite work. And the the um, the use of items is good but then they don't give you all the items that would be useful and it feels like I'm having trouble throwing them where I want them to go I don't know how the enemy's going to react to it so that's kind of hampered too um, and then the maneuverability the grappling hook's a great idea but I couldn't ever feel like it made me the sort of badass that I felt like I got to be in Batman Arkham Asylum where I was the predator in those predator missions literally that's what they're called um, and I never felt like it was that I felt like the controls the draw distance the camera um, the just all that stuff kind of hampered my ability to see this game for what it it could be instead seeing it for what it fell short or the ways it fell short um, and that's a real shame because I have fond memories of 1999 trying this uh, but as I mentioned before as soon as I played 
Hitman and then Splinter Cell afterwards, they refined mm. stealth in a way that spoke to me. Um, and maybe Tenchu was a part of that, but I sort of feel like Metal Gear Solid probably takes more of the credit for that. And maybe that's unfair. Maybe Tenchu's uh, more significant in that respect than than I give it credit for. But uh, a game that, that tries this stuff and fails in so many ways kind of spectacularly to me playing it now um, I, I don't see how someone looks at this and thinks oh that's an idea I'll run with uh, which is a, a shame absolutely if if I'm looking for uh, the tone and the, the atmosphere and the kind of story that um, this game was going for uh, I'd play Neo in 2018 um, and if I was looking for something that played the stealth and the the kind of verticality, I'd play a Batman Arkham Asylum uh, or a Mark of the Ninja or something like that. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I just wouldn't play Tenchu. Uh, and and I, I hope that there's something really cool to come from Tenchu and maybe I should go and play some more stuff in the series. But it's, it's just real tough to get the inspiration having played this, uh, sadly. Yeah, I pretty much entirely agree with you, James. Um, to the point I'm not sure what I, I can add there because that's pretty much the perfect summary. Um, but I, I feel... No, no, I I feel that this, the same. It, you know, there, there's always the case of humble beginnings and uh, whenever we, we tackle a game, you know, I'm not even going to say so far back because, you know, it, it is the PlayStation. We've gone a lot further back than PlayStation. So, but you know, there, there is elements of something that's being hampered by, uh, its host platform. And I just think that the, the, the issues with Tenchu now have probably, um, are too strong for me to remember the enjoyment I had back in 98 with the game. Um, because, you know, my, my recent experiences is, is, just analysing the game for all its failings and um, they're, they're so strong in its failings that it's hard to you know dig through that and go oh what did I think when I was you know 18 playing this and, and yeah, I think yeah. what I did think it was you know in, in a degree I remember it being quite a mature game which you know looking back now you know apart from the violence um, it, there's little to kind of a little of that on display but i i still i still like the tone it sets out i just it, it just it's not a master of anything it, it's it feels like you know when you do that first tap of an egg a boiled egg and it, it's it's never going to be the one that that um you know gets you into that boiled egg it's just going to be the first like oh yeah here we go so maybe it set those cracks <laughs> and seeds for other developers to pick ideas from it but i also don't think it was the massive influence i think you know a month later metal gear solid came out and i think most people probably looked at that of how to then push the stealth genre forward um and that's that's fine but it's you know to go back to this game 20 years later and, and play through it it was actually quite a chore um there was elements that you know i was frustrated with it, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable experience it's one of those ones that um if you weren't physically wanting to sit here and play it through to completion for the show that you'd go oh i love tenchu like darren was saying play the first level go oh, i remember this play the second level die a few times ago yep okay we've moved on that's fine and that's fine and, and put it to one side <laughs> and actually 
probably done it no favours just then, you know, beating my head against it for, you know, seven, eight hours to see it all the way through to completion. Because um, I'd probably come with a, a worse experience than if I had just gone, oh, yeah, that's a, a thing to leave in my memory in the past. Um, but that's what we do. You know, that's how we approach Kane and Rinse. You know, we like to see stuff to the end through to completion. And I can say, in, you know, in 2018, I played you stealth assassins to completion so uh, there's probably not too many people out there doing that right now because if any sense they'd probably do the first couple of levels and and just put it down and and move on to bigger better greater things that have spawned many years down the line so humble beginnings for sure but as you know many many better gains to to put your seven eight hours towards nowadays than to go back to Tenchu. um but that's that's the the rub of the beast so yeah personally it's not a game i would recommend anyone play now uh, unless you're just curious um but you know back in 98 it's interesting to see that you know the birth of the 3d stealth genre game and um thief is a game i've never played so maybe that's one to look and cover and see how well that's uh that's aged comparatively to it's probably more action orientated um tenchu side because you know metal gear so that's a very good game <laughs> Um, anyway, it remains for me, Tony, to thank Darren and James, as well as all our correspondents, uh, editor, uh, I think Sean's on the editing duties for this one, and plus, of course, all of you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review, and remember, if you would like the show a week early, as well as an exclusive monthly minicast with news from the world of Cana Rinse, or just to say thank you, then why not head over to our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rinse. Next time in issue 309, Leon and the team will cover the, a very different game to this week's show when they take a closer look at Yoshi's Woolly World. <laughs>